The Cannon Fire Podcast is powered by PewterReport.com. Pewter Report prides itself on being the most complete, comprehensive news source covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and delivering inside scoop on the team found nowhere else. If you want to be the first to read about breaking news on the Bucks, the inside scoop on what's really going on in one Buck place, and want more in-depth coverage and unmatched draft reporting than other sources offer, you've come to the right place. PewterReport.com, the official partner of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. If you ain't watching, you ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! It is first down and goal from the five-yard line. Pass toward the end zone. Fade round. Todd ball. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans. Bucks lead sets it up. Again, fire those cannons. Six times. Welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast. We have been gone for far too long, and I do apologize. It's been a long couple of weeks, man. We, we really tried to get some content going out there. We went live on Instagram last week, and that went over okay. But everything has just gone against us these past couple of weeks, from the damn computer to the internet connection, and the news has been slow. So pretty much everything that happened between then and now has stayed the same. And we're kind of at that weird point of the year where we're past all the big news and free agency regarding the Bucks, and we're heading into draft month, which I'm excited about. And as all eyes shift towards the NFL draft in mid-April, we are here to talk to you about everything going on with our boys in Pewter. But first, let's get back to the show. If you're new around here, my name is Red. I'm your host. And this is the way we've been rocking. My co-host, good buddy. You can find him on Instagram at Bucks Football. I like to call him Mr. Bucks Football. Evan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Happy Easter. I'm doing good, man. Happy Easter to yourself. We're probably going to end up releasing this episode. You know what? I, I should stop being lazy. We'll probably release this episode tonight, later tonight. But if you're listening on Easter, thanks so much, man. That means you guys are here to win, or at least some of the first people to listen to the show as it drops. If you're listening to it on Monday, April 2nd, then shame on you, but thank you for listening. Anyways, we've been gone a long time. We, we have to address that. There, there really is no uh, beating around the bush anymore, man. So, wh- so what's been going on? Or, or what hasn't been going on, I guess we should say? Well, I mean, you know, you, you and the free agency flurry of course um as always when uh, march 14th hit the guy guy started signing and a lot of bucks fans were very upset and um you know is you know, they see they have all this money and why aren't you doing this 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 that that okay all these guys oh my god this guy signed here for this much and why didn't they do that what is he doing and then they come out and it, they make some signings they signed you know ryan jensen vinnie curry uh, but then probably the the, the biggest offseason move they made was about a week after free agency opened, and it was trading for Jason Pierre-Paul. So um, now they don't have a third-round pick, but to me, the Pierre-Paul is, is worth it. After that, 
there's been nothing. Not even, I mean, NFL news, regardless, has been slow. Nothing positive, uh, we'll say. No, yeah, no, nothing positive. Let's say that, yeah. So uh, this just, is, this is. It, we're coming off of the heels of a slow couple of weeks, but I guess we'll also refer to this as the dirt sheet episode, because pretty much everything we're going to be talking about today is associated with rumors of some sort, except for one thing that we have damn near concrete evidence happen, and let's open up the show with that. Our boy, Vernon Hargraves III. As if people haven't been complaining enough about how he plays, I thought he got better in the press coverage this year. I'm trying to vouch for him, but there really is no defending yourself in a situation like this. Just recently, an Instagram account was made. Uh, I forgot the exact handle, but it went around, followed all the Bucks pages, got our attention... And made sure that everyone saw the video on there that appears to be Vernon Hargraves III. I'll be honest, it looked like he was smoking a blunt. There were some people saying that, you know, oh, uh, a blunt that little couldn't make that much smoke. He, he barely hit it, da-da-da-da-da, it's a vape pen. It looked like he was smoking a blunt. But whatever it is, it's something that you really don't want to see out of a guy like that. Especially someone who hasn't had the best first couple of years in the NFL. Trying to get better. An image is the only thing you have aside from your playing ability. And when you tarnish your image, it, it can tarnish a lot about you as an NFL player. So not a very good look out of the uh, out of the first rounder from a couple of years ago. No. Um, that video surfaced, um, what day was it? Was it Thursday, maybe? I think was Wednesday night, late th- Wednesday well, night, Thursday early night. Thursday morning. I saw it before I went to work. Yeah. I mean... You know, you, you do say that, you know, it can tarnish a player. Well, if that was, you know, Tom Brady, uh, it's a different story. Fans aren't going to get on Tom Brady as much. They might get upset, but they're not going to be saying, you know, cut him. It doesn't help when you've struggled early in your career and then something like this comes out. Um, do I think it's kind of being blown out of proportion? Yes, a little bit, um, because we don't know all the facts yet. Um, we don't know when that video was taken. We don't even know if that was actually uh, an illegal substance. Um, exactly. It, it looks like it, but we, we don't know that for sure. That has not been confirmed by anybody yet. Um, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, they haven't said a word about it. Um, nobody's really, no major media outlet has, I mean, major, and by major, I don't mean local. We have a lot of major media outlets, Pew Report, you know, of course. But, I mean, like, national, um, you know, Bleacher Report, um, you know, a, a bunch of, you know, NBC, NFL, NBC, CBS Sports, that kind of stuff. They haven't really been reporting it. And so it, it is kind of being blown out of proportion right now, but it's definitely not, not a good look and definitely not a look that you want. Now, you look at um, you look at what I talked about before when it does come to image, and I had a guy on the Instagram page actually say something on Say something along the lines of, you know, we need to leave these guys alone. It's the off season. It's their time off. It's their personal life. But here's here's what a lot of people don't think about. When you're an NFL player and you put pen to paper and agree to play in the league that pays you multi-millions of dollars, I'm not saying you belong to the league because that's not how it works. But what I'm saying is that everything you do reflects everything around you in the NFL. It reflects you, it reflects your playing ability, it reflects your image, as I brought up before, but it also reflects your team. So when you do see something like that, it's just not a smart decision. 
Now, the video itself that was going around and that had been posted on that particular Instagram page, it, it almost looked like as if it was a screen recording from another phone and then somebody else took a phone and recorded on... You know what I'm trying to say? Recorded the screen of another phone? You know, yeah. It wasn't... It doesn't look like a clear video. And it doesn't look like something that was meant to be published to an audience. Uh, it, it, it looked like it might have been something that he had sent to a couple of friends, maybe to the wrong hoochie mama, and she decided she was going to get rich off of it and take a video of it and send it to the news, and that might be what happened. But as you addressed before, we don't have all the facts. There isn't much we can say about this. And if it's anything like the Jameis investigation, the NFL is going to be tracking its feet with trying to figure out what happens. We may not hear anything else about it, but here at the Cannon Fire Podcast, we don't cut corners, so we figured we would talk about it with you guys as well. Now, before we move on, Evan, do you um, I mean, do you have anything anything else to say regarding the VH3 situation? I feel like we've pretty much opened and shut that case. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not really. It's it's never a good look, just like you said. But I mean, at, at the same time, I do think these players should have a little bit more freedom than they do. But I mean, in the off season, at least, I mean. You know, if that if that was an illegal substance, which it very well could be, it could not be. Um, quite frankly, we it, to me, it's unfair to make any judgments yet uh, because you just don't know. And um, I think that the the best thing right now is just to wait and see what happens. And not we could not hear we could not hear another peep out of this, right? You know, and, and that's that. And we will forget about it then. But you know. Or he could be suspended four games or whatever. It, it, you never know. So, I mean, the, these things, they come up a lot with a lot of players, unfortunately. Um, it, it's up to it's up to the league to determine, you know, they got to get all the facts and they got to make the right decision, basically. And, you know, one last thing I'll say before we do move on here. Going back to the image point before, when it comes to the decision – to put that out on social media or, or anywhere it can be attained as it was, it's just, it's a dumb decision. And something to think about, something I had said to that same guy earlier on the Instagram page, is that in the NFL, I am going to shoot from the hip here and say that over 80% of NFL players smoke, quote, illegal substances, end quote. Uh, we've seen a couple of them on the box over the years. But the difference between them and the situation that happened just now and the reason you don't hear about it is because it's confidential information to them. They don't go and post it. They don't go and send it to anyone that would have any reason to turn around and do what happened uh, with Vernon Hargraves. It, regardless, it's just it's a dumb decision from a player that shouldn't have put it out there is what I'm trying to say. And... You can believe what you want about it, but things happen, and this just wasn't the way it was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be handled differently, and that's a responsibility you have to have as a player. So, dumb decision by Vernon Hargraves. Hopefully, it doesn't affect him too much in the future. It's been a rough start, and, I mean, he's having a rough go of it, but we'll see if things get better uh, here in the midpoint of the offseason. It's kind of hard to believe we're this far into the offseason, if you want to talk about that for a second. You know, we've got the draft coming up in less than a month. And I remember complaining two months ago that we were going to miss out on Bucks football. And here we are, uh, I'd say a little little bit closer to halfway through the offseason. Time's flying yeah. by. Yeah, it really has. I mean, 
free agency is, you know, pretty much done. You're, you're going to see, uh, I do think the Bucks make a, a few more depth signings, but nobody really that is going to pop Blow out. Blow the roof at. off the place. Um, yeah, no, there, there's, there's going to be nobody like that. Um, it's all, all going to be competition purposes. Um, and, you know, and then you got the draft. Like you said, it's, it's draft month. Um April 1st, and the draft's in, you know, April 26th. It's less than a month away. Uh, the NFL schedule will, will be coming out here in probably the next two weeks or so. I believe it comes out two weeks before the draft always. So that's going to be coming out very soon. And uh, then we're going to be able to see who the Bucks are playing, when they're playing them, what time they're playing them. So then you're going to be able to make some some uh, wins and losses predictions. But we'll, get, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Man, yeah, talking the point the, is, talking about the season predictions, we were way off last year. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to listen to that episode. I uh, might actually, I might go back and just see, and just see what our predicted records was, and see why we thought they would win those games, and just laugh at how bad it was. So moving on here, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more rumors. That's really all there is to talk about. As we mentioned before, this is the dirt sheet episode. But the word on the street right now is that Bernard Reedy was in the front seat of the car during the Uber ride involving Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston. Personally, I would take this with a grain of salt. Uh, rumors do come and go, but it's still interesting to note that Bernard Reedy was cut right around this time, uh, right around the time this story started to uh, gain traction. So you can do what you will with that information. Evan, do you think there's any leads on this? Do you think this is going to turn into something, or? Should we just brush this one under the rug? Because I, I'm indifferent on it. I don't know whether to believe it or not. I think you should brush it under the rug. I, I think it for one reason. It, at the point it was it happened in January 2016, that means right after his rookie season. Bernard Reedy was not on the team after James Winston's rookie season. So I didn't hear about Bernard Reedy having any pass with James Winston at all. Bernard Reedy had his shot with the Bucks because he had a pass with Dirk Cutter. Bernard Reedy was in Atlanta with Cutter, and that's when Bernard Reedy was signed in the summer of 2016, not in January of 2016. So I, I do not believe Bernard Reedy was on the Bucks roster then, so I don't think he was in the car. Um, we, you know, we will see. Um, however, and also, I'm not trying to defend Winston 100% here, but uh, one of the reasons they did cut Reedy was because they wanted to make room for, which I think was a good move, they wanted to make room for Bobo Wilson. And I think Bobo Wilson is going to have a decent year here as the team's uh, number five receiver. Um, so we, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, just like you said, it's all speculation. It's all we're not, we're not here reporting anything. We're not breaking any news here because we don't know. You know nobody knows. The only people that know are Jameis Winston and 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 and, and the girl that is, is accusing him. Uh, Ronald Darby might not even know the whole situation, even though he says that Winston was not in the front seat. Um, same thing with Vernon Hargraves. The only person who knows what, what Vernon Hargraves did or did not do is Vernon Hargraves and the person who got that video first. Um, so at this point. You, you know, we're not trying to, to say, you know, we're not out here trying to get scoops or anything like that. We're just saying what we know right now, and we're, you know, we're not trying to assume anything, but it's, it is, it, it's noteworthy. Definitely, definitely noteworthy as we think about all the rumors heading forward. 
it's really just been it's been a slow week in news guys i know this episode so far has been nothing but speculation but this is what we're here to talk about and this is what we can give you unfortunately things have really just not been picking up in the way of positive bucks news i know one of the rumors we talked about is crappy the other one is an investigation that is taking way too long and something that we really don't have enough evidence on either side to determine but that's the first half of our show moving on to the second half we're going to talk about the draft a little bit more as it is creeping forward and i wanted to point out one guy in particular because i had a source tell me about him and, and ask me the probability of you know what happens with him coming up this draft and this is a guy who had a fairly solid year he played quarterback at fiu you might know who i'm talking about this kid's name is Alex Mago, I want to say. Alex Mago or Alex Mago? Yeah, Alex Mago. We'll say that. He went to Florida International University. Actually played high school football with my cousin all four years. And I had a family friend ask me about him after telling me he killed it at his pro day. I believe he completed all of his passes but one. I don't have the numbers for his pro day up right now. But taking a look at last season... Quarterback Alex Mago enjoyed his finest year to date after four years starting for the Panthers. It was also his first year under head coach Butch Davis, who had come in for that year. But he completed 232 of his 355 passing attempts for 2,798 yards. He threw for 17 touchdowns along with eight interceptions and has career totals of 65 and 37 in the respective categories. Obviously, this guy is not first-round caliber. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the Buccaneers, if you guys haven't noticed, Johnny Menzel has thrown it a couple of pro days so far, and the Buccaneers were at both of them. Ryan Griffin went down with injury last year. The Bucs did re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. But coming into the draft, if you've got an empty pick come sixth round, would you be against picking up a guy like that at quarterback for, for depth purposes? Or do you think we're pretty much uh, you think we're pretty much sealed at that position? I mean, I think depth is depth, and and competition is always a good thing. I mean, you look at last year; they brought on Sefo Lefau, um as an undrafted free agent, and had him in there. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know much about him. To be honest with you, um, he might be, he could be a guy that goes in the sixth round, or he could be a guy that they pick up as an undrafted free agent. You really don't know. Once um, once you pass the the fifth round in the draft, those guys. Some of those guys could be, you know, undrafted free agents. Some of those guys could be picks. So it, it's really a pretty much a crapshoot once you get past the, the fifth round. So that's when it gets really unpredictable because then you got teams trading picks more often and uh, compensation picks and all that, all that good stuff. So I mean, it sounds it sounds like he's good. Um, it, the only thing that concerns me a bit is it does sound like. Based on his stats right there, it sounds like he's a very accurate quarterback, but it sounds like he doesn't throw the ball downfield much. I don't know if that is the if that is the offense he plays in. Um, I don't know if that is the that is his style. I don't know if it's because he doesn't have a good arm. I don't know if it's because he didn't have good receivers. Um, but it doesn't sound like he really forced the ball down the field when you're completing most of your passes. And you only have you have under three thousand yards and only seventeen touchdowns. That tells me that you're not exactly 
you're not Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're not you're not a gunslinger. You're not trying to to fit it into those windows, which is which is fine. Um, you know, you don't need you don't you don't need to do that. Um, but it, it sounds like to me that you know his his problem would be just just based on I haven't watched film at all of this guy, but just based on what you tell me, his problem would be pushing the ball down the field. Okay. I got you. Some good input. And nothing that I wanted to take too seriously. I'm not saying we need to pick this guy up right now. I'm not saying we need to get him if he's there in the sixth round. But just someone for you guys to keep an eye on. If you're looking for a late-round bloomer, I think this guy could be your guy. He's already had a couple of meetings with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Giants are up there. He's worked out with the Texans. He's a pretty talented kid. And... I just wanted to give a big shout-out to uh, Joe Bouchard for actually bringing that point up to me. Thank you, Uncle Joe. Appreciate it, boss. But Alex Mago, take a look at him whenever you get the chance, guys. Just something to think about here as we get closer to the draft. Now, at this point in time, I don't know if I have anything left to talk about this week. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, I think there's a there's beginning to, to be a real possibility um, – uh, of something that that could happen on draft night, and, and it involves Saquon Barkley becoming a Buccaneer. Um, I'm listening. Peter Report put out there their Fab Five, um, which which basically sort of mapped out the the ways that 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 Saquon Barkley could come to Tampa. They're not exactly saying that they want him to, but basically what they're saying is it's not. It's not unthinkable, um, you know, and it's I'll not share as my impossible thought, as it was a month ago. Yeah, right after the combine, I mean, we all thought he was going number one. I think that's died down, and um, I have a guy who's going number one. I decided that I am going to release a top ten mock draft on this show right before the draft, uh, right before our draft episode. I'm going to re- release a top ten mock draft for you guys. Um, and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll do a bunch of other stuff there on the draft show. But, uh, so basically what it is, is it all depends on what Cleveland does at, at four pretty much. Um, obviously if Cleveland takes Barkley, then I mean, it's pretty clear Barkley's off the board, but, uh, you know, it, it really, if Cleveland doesn't go Barkley and Barkley is on the board, there's a good chance that, that he's there and, Apparently, according to Pewter Report and according to uh, some people I talked to, the Bucks would take Saquon Barkley um, at at seven. Do I agree with it? It's okay. Um, I don't. I, I can't say I 100% agree with it because I think there's there's better value in picking a guy like Derwin James and then picking a running back like Nick Chubb in the second round. But I mean, Saquon Barkley. I mean, he is the best running back in the draft. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying I think there's better value um, picking a, a defensive player in the first round than focusing on your running back in the second round. But do you, you see know, it as, do you see it as less of a hit or miss if you pick up a guy like Derwin James? Well, I mean, to to me, to me, yeah, is I think you see a lot of running backs that come into the league and they're you know. Like Alvin Kamara, they're like Alvin Cook, they're like Leonard Fournette. But I mean, Leonard Fournette was taken number four. Um, and, but then you see guys like, you know, um, 
you've seen Trent Richardson go three to the Browns. That didn't work out for him at all. Um, you, you've seen a, a lot of running backs go high that have been, you know, really, really highly touted. And there's really hasn't been, I mean, I think I can, you can agree with this as well. There hasn't been many college players with the hype that Saquon Barkley has now. Um, I mean, he's got, you know, like Jordan sponsoring him. He's got, he's hooked up with Jay-Z's company. Uh, oh, yeah, he, he's been, he, he's been called multiple times by many people a once-in-a-lifetime draft prospect and that's we haven't seen that, that in a couple of years then that's exciting but that's also scary because you know if the Buccaneers draft him they that means that they think he is a, a once-in-a-lifetime draft prospect because they know how deep this running back class is excuse me everybody does and if they would take Saquon Barkley at seven that means that they think he is a can't-miss guy the only problem is, to me, there is no such thing as a can't miss. Um, to me, every player can become a superstar. Every player that is drafted can become a superstar. An absolute, you know, the next Tom Brady, the next, um, the next Troy Palomalu, the next, you know, Randy Moss, whoever, whatever position you're playing, I think you can become the best at that. But I also think that there's a chance that you could be the worst. You could be the, you know, uh, Andrew Luck. I mean, to me, Andrew Luck's been been very good when he's been healthy. He could have been the next Jamarcus Russell. James Winston could have been the next Ryan Leaf. It, it oh, could God. have happened. Did it? No. Um, I think we can all agree that, that Winston, you know, is definitely better than Ryan Leaf. And, um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it could have happened. It, it, it really, really could have. I mean, James Winston could have come in and he could have thrown 30 touchdowns and three interceptions in his rookie season. Was it likely? No, but could it happen? Yeah. So I think when, you, when you're looking at these draft prospects and you say can't miss, I think people throw that, that around too much because I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a 50-50. I, I really do. If anybody follows hockey, you know that the past couple of years in the draft they had um, Connor McDavid, uh, you know, um, who is a forward. Uh, this is basically the offensive guy for people that really don't follow hockey. Um, and, and he was touted as a, a generational guy, a, a guy that if you draft him, he's a superstar. Now, looking back, that was three years ago. He has become a superstar, yes. Um, but there's also been guys that have been labeled as that, and, and they haven't. So with every sport, that's the message. With every sport, it doesn't matter what it is, with every player, there's a chance that – that they, they could bust. So watch what you say when you say, you know, generational talent, because, yeah, Barkley could be and is probably the best running back in this class. And he could be a very good pro, but to think he's going to come in and absolutely light the world on fire to me is unrealistic. That's that's all I'm going to say. And I got a couple information this past uh, week or so. A lot of people from the owners' meetings think Barkley very well could be there. And I do think that the Bucks would take him. Um, obviously, a lot of other factors go into that, but the Buccaneers are interested in Saquon Barkley. Here's the way I look at it. I have wanted the Buccaneers to work on that backfield for two and a half solid years now. Last year, during the Doug Martin controversy, everything going on, we were facing his suspension. Everybody wanted him cut. Everybody wanted him to stay and be given a chance. They ended up paying him. 
He played after that suspension and didn't do anything for us at all. We had no desire to pick up a running back last year. We picked up Jeremy McNichols in the late rounds of the draft. And what did yeah, he do? He didn't him? start at all for us this year. Uh, I think no, I thought, he's... Oh, I thought he started for him. Huh? Okay, well, I guess you don't draft a running back in the fifth round then. <laughs> what oh, I'm wait, to no, say he did is that start, running back has... has, has say it again, I'm sorry. He did start, but it was on the San Francisco practice squad instead of the... The Buccaneers practice squad. Yeah. and I don't even think he's there anymore, is he? I think he is. I think he got promoted up from the practice squad for like two games um, and played special teams in San Francisco. So um, he's really not doing much in San Francisco. He'll be out of the league and probably about probably after next year, I think he'll be out of the league. Well, good for him. He's having a better run of it than I did. But um... Yeah. Hey, definitely. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that the Bucks have not made running back a priority in the offseason for the past two and a half years. And that has bothered the hell out of me because all I wanted last year was a guy to come in like Dalvin Cook. Passed up on him. You take a look at everyone else we passed up on in that draft. Alvin Kamara goes out there and is making moves, doing crazy things. Christian, well, Christian McCaffrey, he wasn't really. Anyways. He wasn't available for him. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that he the Bucks was, have he, not. He went, uh-huh. he went eight, and the Bucks had 19. So I mean, Christian McCaffrey, his his you want to talk about stock skyrocketing. His yeah. stock was a mid second round pick at the start of the offseason. He ended up going top ten. That's crazy. Good for him too. He's a solid back. But anything, anyways. The point that I'm trying to make is that the Buccaneers need to make running back a priority. We haven't signed a running back, so at this point, if Saquon Barkley is available. He is my guy for that number seven pick because I want to see someone come in and just I, I want to see a fresh face. I, I don't – we still have time to sign someone. We also still have time to think about who we're going to draft. And if it's at number seven and Barkley is available, then that's fine. If we end up drafting Nick Chubb for – I'm sorry, not Nick Chubb. If we end up drafting Bradley Chubb first round for whatever reason, I am fine with a second round back. This is a good year for running backs in the draft, but – We need to make that backfield a priority, and I think getting Barkley at number seven, if he's available, is the way to do it. I want to see it, and I know a lot of other people who do want to see it. It's a risk you got to take, but damn it, man, I think he's going to come in here and produce if he's available. I want to see it happen. Well, I mean, you know, I think the Bucs realize it's a priority. I mean, Cutter said it basically at the owners' meeting. He said, you know, we have currently under contract that's true currently under contract they have Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers and he said you know even if we are comfortable with those guys he said you know we, we they like them but I mean basically what he's saying is that without he didn't actually say this but what he's saying is that even if we were a hundred percent comfortable that these were two very good players we still have to add a running back because we can't go in he said can't go into training camp with two running backs with two backs on the roster you have to have more than that you have to have at least four for the preseason and training camp. So I do expect the Bucks to pick a running back either first round or second round, and I expect them to pick a running back fifth round or sixth round. I expect them to pick two running backs in this draft class. Now the scary part about that is, though, is that the Bucks have yet to sign a running back in free agency. They did definitely focus on cleaning up the trenches, and that was not a bad thing. I'm not complaining whatsoever. But it does uh, bring they- in this factor – it does bring in this factor of hit-or-miss guys coming onto your team when you look for talent in the draft. 
example, Jeremy yep. McNichols a year ago. Well, yeah. I mean, they did try. Um, they had a guy set. They had the guy, my guy. They had Jarek McKinnon. They, they wanted Jarek McKinnon. They were in on Jarek McKinnon. They, they were talking to him, and his price got way too high, and now he's the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL. Jesus. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who – Jarek McKinnon, to me, is a very good player, but is he worth $7.5 million? No. Um, to, to me, he is a he was a third down back in Minnesota who was productive last season, but San Francisco is paying him to, like, to be their number one back, and I don't know if he can do it. I What I hoped for was to draft to sign to draft, to draft Sony Michelle in the second round. I thought that, if you put that with, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ryan Jensen, and all the talent you have on offense. If you put Quentin Nelson in there for guard, and you put Jarek McKinnon and Sony Michelle, I thought that that would be an offense that would average 26 a game, 26 points a game, which, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're averaging 26 points a game, you got to keep that up. So that means you're getting points in the 30s. You're getting some in the 40s. So... I thought that offense would be very good, but it's a you know it's a moot point because he ended up signing with the San Francisco 49ers, and but they did try, um, like and like I said, they're not done in free agency. Technically, they're not done. Um, I think that they will end up signing. Uh, maybe uh, I do think they end up signing a cornerback, a veteran corner cornerback. Maybe they bring Robert McLean back. They still do have interest in bringing him back. That's a possibility. Uh, um, maybe you know, and then I think I don't think the Marco Murray's on our radar. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be looking at that because he's like the the best available guy, I guess you could say, at the running back position. <laughs> I think they're going to they're going to focus on draft of the running back, and I think they might add um, definitely a corner last in free agency, and maybe you know maybe like an offensive lineman, maybe another D tackle. Uh, but then, you know, they also got undrafted free agents, and that's where Cameron Ray and Adam Humphreys came in. That's where Peyton Barber came in. So that, that light does very good with that. So that's, you know, be on the lookout for some undrafted guys because normally when a team signs undrafted guys, they're like, okay, well, these guys, some might play decent in preseason, but ultimately they're going to be cut and not turn in anything. Cameron Ray is now a, a top 10 highest paid tight end in the league. And he was undrafted. Nobody even knew about him. Jason Light cut him. He was signed to the Saints practice squad. Then he, then the Bucks picked him off, picked him up off the Saints practice squad. <laughs> like the, the, this guy's story is is so you know weird. And a lot of them undrafted guys are. So basically, what I'm saying is there's the bottom line is there's a lot of different options they can go. Um, and I I think they they will use all three options, which is the rest of free agency, the draft, and undrafted free agency. And no matter what happens, I'm looking forward to it, man. And in a perfect world, I'd like to comment, in a perfect world, I'd like to see Sony Michelle go in the second round, but I've got a lot of people telling me they think he's going to go late in the first. Do you think he's that high? Do you think his stock is that high to not make it to the second round? I'm sorry, who again? Uh, Sony Michelle. Oh, I think he could go in, in, the, in the bottom of the third. I mean, the bottom of the third. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the bottom of the first. Um, I, I think that, that's a real possibility. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think a team like the Patriots could possibly draft him. I, I would hate to see that because, I mean, I don't mind the Patriots. Like, a lot of people hate him. But, I mean, he's a really good player, and I think he'd be a good fit in that offense. Um, there's a couple, and there's teams at the top of the second round that would need running backs. I mean, you're talking if the Giants would still need a running back, the Colts would still need a running back. So there's a lot of, of stuff that could happen with Sony Michelle that, you know, um, he might not be available. And honestly, I don't think he'll be available for the Bucks in the second round. So um, we'll see, you know, and I think it'll, the pick will come down to a guy like Nick Chubb, uh, Sony Michelle's running partner in Georgia. I think both are good players, but I think Michelle is, is better fit for the NFL just a bit more. Um, I think that's why teams are going to view him as, as a as a late first-round pick. I got you. Like I said before, anything that happens, I'm going to be excited for. We're gearing up for a good rest of the offseason, guys. I think we have a little bit more reason to believe the hype this year. It's been an underrated offseason so far. I know two weeks ago people wanted – oh, not two weeks ago, a little more than two weeks ago – People wanted Jason Light's head on a platter. And here we are just following the light at the end of the tunnel. You get it? You get it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I made it funny. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. If you listen with us on YouTube, thank you so much. Remember to leave a thumbs up and a comment below if you have any talking points you want us to discuss, whether it's here, whether it's on Instagram Live, or next week's show. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review. It costs you nothing. It means the world to us and helps to get the show out there. You can follow us on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. You can check out Evan's Bucks fan page at Bucks Football, the number one Bucks fan page on Instagram. 17,000 now? Uh, yep, 17.3. We just hit point three. 17.3 thousand people. If you're not following... You're missing out for sure, guys. Lots of good stuff going on over there. Make sure you always go check out our friends at pewterreport.com. You can find them on Instagram as well at pewterreport and other social media outlets. But thank you guys so much for listening. This week has been a blast, and we'll make sure to get more stuff going out uh, as soon as we can. We'll probably get something going out before the end of this week. So thank you guys for listening. Remember that the Eagles suck and the Bucks do not. We will catch you guys next time. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.